0: Mom
1: Good morning, this is Talking Animals on WMNF. I'm Duncan Strauss, and my guest today is Susan Hannes, Executive Director of Cat Depot. Located in Sarasota, Cat Depot stands as a unique animal shelter with its distinctive traits, including that it operates in an 11,000-square-foot state-of-the-art facility. And as the name suggests, this shelter works only with cats. Here's something else that stands out about Cat Depot. Over 20 years' time, it has rescued the better part of 20,000 homeless and abandoned cats. In addition to the prodigious rescue and adoption efforts, Cat Depot characterizes its main services as affordable veterinary care, again, cat only, public education and family activities, and its community cat program. Cat Depot Recently received national recognition when it was announced Pets for the Elderly, a nonprofit organization that pays a portion of the fee for senior citizens to adopt a cat from a participating animal shelter, has decided to partner with the Sarasota facility. It's not only a huge accolade, but this alliance serves a community with a sizable contingent of senior citizens. One study indicates Sarasota has one of the nation's highest proportion of people age 65 and older at around 34% of that population. So they may now find themselves more able to adopt a feline companion than before the grant was uh, awarded. So we'll hear about this and other facets of Cat Depot when I speak with Susan Hannes in a few moments here on Talking Animals on WMNF. Also coming up later in today's program, I'll speak with Julie Dennis, the vice president of RVR Horse Rescue, a plant city rescue dedicated to saving and rehabilitating horses that have suffered from neglect, abuse, or injury. This Saturday, July 15th, RVR hosts a Painting with Minis event, a fundraiser in which attendees paint pictures of the rescues' mini horses with the guidance of an experienced artist. There's food and more involved, and we'll hear about that all a bit later in today's show. Right now, though, let's discuss Cats, Cats, and More Cats with Susan Hannes with a reminder that I invite you to join the conversation by calling 813-239-9663, emailing dj at wmf.org, or texting 813 239 433 this is susan hannis on talking animals on wm good morning susan
2: good morning thank you for having me here
1: oh uh, thanks for joining us on talking animals and uh of course i'm eager to discuss cat depot including some of the things i just outlined here in the opening moment there but uh, before we do that i'd like to learn a bit about you the person leading this cat centric operation so uh, let's trace some of your path to the Cat Depot, which I think is fairly recent from some conversation we just had sort of off air a moment ago. But when did you become a cat person? I guess that's a pivotal question.
2: Oh, wow. I've always been a cat person. Um, we grew up with cats. We had cats that had a litter, actually. Um I had cats all the way through my adult life until I had a set of twins, and one of them turned out to be highly allergic to cats. Oh, wow. I do, And I now have a dog.
1: Oh, okay. Well, that answers one of my other questions, which is how you feel about dogs. So I guess you're pro-dog. But so uh, no cats wh- ever since the twins were born. Is that the idea?
2: That is correct. They are 25 now, but I still don't have cats living with me because, mm-hmm. of course, I do want my children to come and visit. And right. You know, I do foster. I'll take a cat home for four or five weeks and
1: Oh, I see. Yeah. So so you can do that cat thing, but the full time living thing is still problematic just because an allergy is an allergy and it's like, Hey, I don't want uh Right. One of the twins to
2: uh... right. Well, I, I do. I don't want him to have a reason to come, not come see his mom.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's tricky enough as it is.
2: It is for sure.
1: Yeah. Maybe can you move just a little closer I to can, the mic?
2: Yeah. Absolutely. There you go. Um, I I um, started with Cat Depot about six months ago, and it's been a great six months. One of the one of the grants that we um, received during that time is the one you mentioned, the Pets for the Elderly.
1: Yeah, well, no, we'll circle back to that for sure in a moment, but let me just find out a little bit more about you and some other things. So so basically, you're cat-oriented until you couldn't be because of the twins, and now you have a dog, periodic cats, fostering situation. Of course, you're amongst cats all day long at work. So that's, that basically, I think, covers your, your cat activity overall.
2: Pretty much so. Um, I've always been involved with animals in any in all kinds of ways, either helping with other people, with their animals. Animals, to me, are just fabulous. I love animals. My dog, in fact, we last lived in Vermont before moving to Florida, and my dog played with cows and sheep. Wow. Lots of fun.
1: Yeah. No, I probably misses some of the that action, I would guess. <laughs> but...
2: Um, yeah, she's getting a little older now. She's ready for uh, the sun and old bones laying in the grass.
1: <laughs> yeah. So this is Talking Animals. I'm Duncan Strauss. If you just tuned in, my guest is Susan Hannis, Executive Director of Cat Depot, which located in Sarasota. stands as a unique animal shelter. Its distinctive traits include that it operates in an 11,000-square-foot state-of-the-art facility. Plus, again, it only, uh, unlike most shelters, only works with cats. And in over 20 years' time, it has rescued the better part of 20,000 homeless and abandoned cats. If you'd like to ask Susan a question about Cat Depot or offer a cat comment or a question, just more generally about cats, please call 813-239-9663 email dj at wnf.org or text 813-433-0885 so as we've acknowledged a couple times already Cat Depot is a multifaceted facility Um, what would you like us to know most about Cat Depot first and foremost if you had this sort of you know Prioritize the uh, important details, you think, uh, about, the, about the place?
2: Sure. Well, I think the first, the first thing is, is talking about what we are. What we are is a rescue. We are a shelter. Um, and our primary focus is to find loving homes for cats. We also offer an affordable cat care clinic. That is open to the public. It is not restricted to cats that are adopted out by us. We also have a food bank that operates once a month. The food bank is for income qualified people feeding their own cats or feeding community cats. Um, We have an education center and we have a wonderful woman who goes to schools, teaches about animal welfare, cats in particular. She also goes to nursing homes, brings cats to visit in nursing homes. She has 180 teen volunteers that come into our shelter and work with her. They primarily focus on working with the cats in the pods. They work with um, they work prepping everything for the food bank.
1: Did you say 180 teen volunteers?
2: We have 180 teen volunteers. We had wow. to close the program for the summer. You, you said, hey, we're,
1: we're, 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 we're tapped out on capacity. We can't, uh, we can't take any more volunteers.
2: Correct, yeah.
1: And And... Was that like accumulated over time, or was that just? Is this just a summer program, or how how did, how did we get to 180 so so quickly? That's super impressive.
2: I think there's a lot of um, people who are now starting to volunteer. I think the pandemic is, as we know, officially over, and uh, we certainly had a dip in our volunteers numbers of our volunteers. And now that it's over, we've been pushing hard looking for volunteers, and we're getting them. So it's fabulous.
1: Yeah, um, that, that 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 is great. I mean, that's. Uh I mean, sometimes some organizations are hard pressed to get volunteers, and especially anybody who's dealt with teens knows sometimes it's hard to get them to do much of anything. So this, this, it must be super appealing to them in, in a significant way. Do you, do you know how the, the person coordinating the program kind of um, put out the like sort of words? How did she like,
2: get the buzz going? Well, yeah, to come well, into and how this? did she yeah. how did she
1: get to 180? Where mm-hmm. you actually had to say, "Hey, I'm sorry, we can't take any more." I mean, that's a problem that. A lot of places we'd love, uh, love to have.
2: Well, I think there's a lot of kudos that go to our social media marketing team for, um, for gathering teens. Um, I think also that animals draw people. People love animals, and it's just great. It's really wonderful. Um, you know, as you know, the human-animal connection, we, we want to start that. We want to nurture that in our children because teaching children to care for living beings and creatures does help put a better person in the world.
1: And I was, you know, struck by, uh, if you look at the the website or some of the other social media stuff, one tagline is 20 years, 20,000 cats, which is pretty catchy and and, and also a, a pretty monumental accomplishment. What more exactly does that mean? The tw- what does the 20,000 figure actually refer to?
2: That's how many cats we have actually adopted out. Um, so our primary focus, of course, is that we are a shelter. So we bring in cats. We have a medical team that goes over and takes care of the cats. And then we do put them on the adoption floor, which our adoption floor, we have 10 pods that can house up to 10 cats. We don't generally put 10 cats in a pod, but they can house that many. We usually have maybe 40 at the most on the floor. Mm. Um, Right now we have in custody, I think, about 170 cats. But let me... Defining custody and custody could mean that they are fostered out. So if a mama is found with a litter and they're too young to spay or to wean, that will foster that out, and that would be five cats right away in that count. Oh, I see. So we don't have 170 physically in the shelter.
1: Right. That, that's the overall tally of some that are there, some that are at least temporarily in a foster situation.
2: Correct, but yeah. they're still owned by the shelter, so they're considered sheltered, sheltered right. cats, so although the, they're living with somebody else.
1: For the, so the purpose of kind of keeping those statistics, they are mm-hmm. uh, Cat Depot cats.
2: So those are the the programs that we have. You know, we are a rescue and adoption agency. We provide some education. We have the affordable cat care clinic. And then once a month, we have the food bank. But who are we? What are we being? Like, who are we in the world as an organization? And I would say that as an organization in the world, our most important piece is connecting humans to animals.
1: Yeah, that's... um Obviously with the kind of numbers that you're getting both humans and uh, cat-like and, and adopting out to, to the to 20,000 over the, these years, obviously that connection is is working well. So um, how commonly across the country are there cat-only facilities that are similar or fundamentally maybe at least similar to Cat Depot?
2: I'm actually going to have to embarrassingly tell you that I don't have that number, but okay. a feline-only um, shelter is, is very rare, but I don't yeah. know for sure that we're the only one.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think th- th- there must be some, but I, I wasn't sure how many there were. And I just thought it's probably so rare that there's probably a, a, a small figure, whatever that is. Yeah. So another notable thing about Cat Depot right in our, uh, basically in our backyard. So as we touch on both you and I each have touched on a little bit already, Cat Depot did recently receive this national recognition, more specifically, again, Pets for the Elderly, has decided to partner with Cat Depot. Um, So first of all, just so everybody's, you know, clear on what, what Pets for the Elderly is, can you just sort of explain a little bit about what they are and what they typically do?
2: Sure. Pets for the Elderly was founded about 30 years ago in 1992, and their mission has been to bring companion pets and senior citizens together, they work with about forty-three shelters at the at this moment throughout the nation. So they are nationwide, and their focus is is primarily on a shelter pet with a senior citizen. So at the moment, we're working with them to subsidize adoptions for anyone who's sixty years and older. We are using it as a se- for a seniors to seniors campaign. Because we have a very large number of senior cats on our list uh, for people who need to find a home for their cats
1: that's great well um I mean it does represent kind of a huge accolade just because again that the, they're they're I think they're very selective as far as my experience with them over the years about what shelters they designate or partner shelters and then uh furthermore, I think um well, again, this goes back to the overall number of cat shelters, you know, across the country. But I believe uh, Cat Depot is the only cat-specific shelter that that uh, Pets for the Elderly has has awarded this uh, recognition to. Is that right, or
2: actually, I believe we're the only single animal. Um, shelter. So, and I'm, and I'm not, there probably are some dog only shelters in the country, Okay. but typically the way I understand it is that pets for the elderly usually looks for at least a shelter that at least adopts out a dog and a cat. However, we're in a, you know, in Sarasota, we're in a really unique environment given the demographics. And so the demographics work not just on the people who are Adopting the cats. Um, there are many people who are 60 years and older who would benefit from having a companion cat. Of course, we know a dog is is great, but they also do need to be walked. Um, a cat can be a companion by sitting in your lap. However, the, the reverse is also true. We have many, many more senior cats who go up for adoption because seniors who are giving up their cat for one reason or another, um, they might have to go and move in with some family and the family can't keep a cat. Um, They could be moving into an assisted living facility or some other form of group living where cats are not allowed.
1: Yeah, so that's great that you guys can provide, in many cases, the solution for those situations, which are often, I think, heartbreaking for those people that find by moving into a facility or or just some kind of life change has, has kind of forced them to give up the cat that they were living with, and that's obviously super sad and upsetting. But at least I'm sure slightly better by them knowing that the cat's going to get a good home via the Cat Depot.
2: Well, we're certainly hoping. I mean, right now, I think it's about a six-month wait for a senior cat to get into our shelter.
1: Um, oh, for people who are in that predicament to say, yeah. "Hey, I'd like—I'm looking—I need a home for this cat." So you might not be able to take them right when they. First contact you because because there's such a big numbers game working Correct. against that
2: right. Yeah. So we're looking to to open up that bottleneck a little bit more um, with this program. Um, last year we adopted out uh, 30. I have the numbers here. I apologize. We adopted out about 34 senior cats, and we took in um, just short of that, 33. This year, thus far, we've adopted out 20 senior cats, and we've taken in 19. So we do still have one senior cat on our floor currently. But I also do know there's 75 on that list. So if you just look at the numbers alone, if we've only adopted out 20 thus far in 2023, that's not even going to cut through 75 cats. Yeah. So there is a huge, huge need to um, for senior cats to have homes.
1: And does the uh, Pets for the elderly grant? Uh, how much of a, uh, an impact will that make? Like, could could those numbers really increase significantly? Especially if you're taking, because I guess it does. There's no real specific requirement about what the cats are that are adopted out under the program. So if they are relinquished cats, like we're talking about, or cats who come to cat depot through other means. There's no distinction or requirement. I guess it's more a matter of the management of sort of that population and, and the flow of cats in or, in or out um, that determines like who's going to be adopted under that that the, the, the new grant
2: it, it, it's a It's a management issue. Um, we We do have cats on a relinquishment list, and that's primarily where our elderly our older cats come from. Um, we also do intake from Sarasota Animal Shelter, as well as Manatee um, and some other, a variety of other places. Um, we we are certainly hoping. I think one one point that I was just thinking about was you were talking about what we're hoping to move this more. Well, of those twenty cats that we've adopted out thus far that are eight years and older, ten of them have gone out the door in the month of June.
1: Wow. Yeah. And that overlaps um, when the uh, the grant was awarded, right? So that that enabled that kind of numbers to to surge way up like that.
2: Right? I, I would assume so, um, because we have been marketing them, and yes, it would have to have. Been, yeah. So.
1: And so, I think you were saying that before we went on the air, it was, uh, it was great and encouraging as well. Is that just by virtue of the marketing of this and receiving the grant, how it works? that it's also spurred some other adoptions, even by people who are young enough, I guess, (laughs) that they don't actually qualify, but they still have been prompted to adopt a cat from uh, Cat Depot.
2: That's correct. Of the 10 cats adopted out in the month of June, eight went through the Seniors to Seniors program, and two were adopted by people under the age of 60. However, one of those two cats was a cat we'd had in the shelter since February, um, so that was that was really exciting. To That's see from.
1: great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, when they've been there, a long stretch, everybody I think probably applauds just a little bit louder uh, when they when they find a home.
2: Absolutely, and it is really, really, really neat to see the cats that come in from, say, a rescue scenario, and they're not necessarily socialized to humans. And as they, we socialize them in house. Um, we. Um, We provide their medical care, and then to some extent they'll work. They might go into what we call an office cat and and live in an office um, where whoever is working in that office would also be working on socializing the cat. And then as they come out, they'll move on towards the adoption floor, and they'll be ready to go to a home and work with the family.
1: So the office cats, because I I posted a picture of an office cat that that you had at the time that that was part of just promoting this interview on social media and elsewhere. Um, so that sounds like a transitional phase for, for that particular cat that's uh, not quite ready to, to be in sort of the general pool of, of cats that are ready for adoption, but is moving closer to that from being even less ready previously.
2: That's one, that's one use of the, of the offices. The other use of the offices is, a, say, if a cat has a special diet, and a, a cat cannot live in a pod, mm. and, um, then that cat, he or she, would need to be isolated. But we don't want to isolate the cats, per se. So they, if they're in an office, you know, there's meetings in offices. There's sure. There's the person who works in the office. There's a keyboard to go lay on and right. mess everything Not up on the Not mess everybody's email
1: up and <laughs> yeah. accidentally send it before it's ready and all those things. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all know that if we have cats in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so an assortment of emails will come in. I'll try to get to at least some of them. Oh, um, sure. This one is um, subject heading Cat's Cradle, and it says in the body, they are in lutes and have an amazing space where they rescue only senior cats. My mom, also a senior, adopted her cat from them. They should get a shout-out as well. They've taken some birds and bunnies, but their focus is cats. So shout-out given to uh, Cat's Cradle. So,
2: Oh, great. Good to know.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so... Uh, so is, do we? Uh, when you mentioned that there's been 10, I think, 10 adoptions in June?
2: 10 senior adoptions senior in June. Ad- um, so that means within sure. the
1: confines of the, the new grant? or Correct. Right, okay. Yes. So you, you obviously you're keeping statistics on those separately from any other adoptions that happen just under the, I guess, auspices of the, the grant itself that kind of re- would require that, I would assume.
2: Oh, correct. Yes, the yeah. grant requires that we, we um, as with any, any grant, there's accounting issues also, and reporting. Right. reporting goes along with that. Um, you need to have some kind of fiscal responsibility to the people donating the money, just like you would to donors. You need to let them know what's happening with the money.
1: Yeah. And um, so have you met one or more of the people of those 10 that, that you know, did adopt under the program?
2: I have not personally met any of the people. Yeah. I have seen pictures of them with the cats. Yeah. Um, I have actually not been in the shelter when people have adopted um, through that program. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, no. I know there's one man who drove from Tampa to Cat Depot to wow. adopt specifically through that program. And specifically, he had, had known that he wanted a senior cat. And
1: Did he have and, a specific one he had seen on the website, like a photo? He said, hey... I want Charlie or... Or, or Shadow. Just, yeah, or, <laughs> yeah, or whatever, yeah, whatever the or case may Yeah, but, um, but did he come with a specific cat in mind or just that he knew under the program he wanted to do it and he was willing to make that drive and make that effort just because he was going to go home with a cat that day?
2: Well, on our website, what you can do is you can go in and search on the age range. So if you go to the adoption page, you can search on, oh, I want a kitten, you can plug that in mm-hmm. and look at that. Or you can look at eight years plus would be our senior cats. Um, So I think at the time there were four in the shelter that were seniors, and I believe that he came down to see all four and then left with one.
1: I see. And so that, that number, that four number, is probably small compared to what it'll be depending on how you're able to or when you're able to accommodate some of those cats that are looking for... A place to go after being relinquished by people that, that, like we talked about earlier, have moved into facilities or otherwise their, their personal circumstances have unfortunately forced them to give up their own cats.
2: Right. Um, I certainly hope so. I mean, if we yeah. adopted out 10 this month, it seems like we can start bringing in more. Right. Um, no, we are pr- in the pr- midst of kitten season, so that's it's always- hard to
1: keep up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. And um, so uh, what's. Does that grant, I, I think I should know this, and maybe I, maybe I do, but I just can't think of it right this sec. Does that grant ongoing, or is there a certain term uh, by which that their, their award lapses at a certain time, or is it up for renewal? How does that work, the, the logistics of the uh, Pets for the Elderly Award itself?
2: In this case, I believe that or they have indicated that <coughs> if we are successful, that the grant will be ongoing and there's opportunity to discuss more.
1: That's great. So you provide the statistic like we talked about, the numbers and other details. And so I guess it sounds like it might go up for review. And if they like what they see, like they did when you applied successfully, Mm -hmm. they'll just say, keep going, Cat Depot. Right. Nice.
2: Yeah.
1: Very good. Cool. Um, And so some of the stuff we've talked about, I mean, they obviously are providing funds to help subsidize... Those adoptions. But a lot of the other things you've talked about, so much we'll circle back maybe and talk more specifically about. But I'm just curious because there's a lot of things that sound like they take a certain amount of uh, funds to keep going, whether it's, you know, vet care, other kinds of things that you've mentioned so far. So, how, <clears throat> Excuse me. how hmm. is Cat Depot funded?
2: Cat Depot is funded primarily through donors. We are a 501c3, which is a tax status, so we are a not-for-profit, um, and I'd like to think of not-for-profits as businesses because essentially they are. They just don't have a public shareholder. They have public donors, um, and that is essentially, if you look at a 990, the tax return for a 501c3, it says public charity, public donations. Um so that means that we at Cat Depot have a responsibility to run the organization in a fiscally conservative way. And we need to explain where the money goes and how we help. Um, the big thing, one of the premier things that we offer is we offer really excellent medical care. And there's two we have two medical facilities we have the shelter medical, and we also have a cat care clinic. The cat care clinic is public facing. And that is for people who own cats, and they're bringing their cats in. That operates at a, with zero, no profit, no no loss. Um, mm. We do have grants for people who are unable to pay their bills. We have a sliding scale price pricing. So you'd first go to um, the sliding scale pricing. Below the Affordable Care, and then if you're still unable to pay the bill, you'd go to one, apply for one of our grants to pay for the vet bill.
1: And when you say public facing, just make sure I'm clear, Susan. Yeah. So, uh, I haven't gotten my adopted my cat from Cat Depot, but I have a cat, and I'm I've been having a tough time paying the bills, the vet bills, and the cat's unfortunately a bit ill. So, are you saying I could just come into to that facility, say? Here's here's my financial situation. It's it's temporarily, hopefully, only, but it's a little bit rough right now. So, can you help me with this, even though I've had no history previously with Cat Depot? Correct. Yeah.
2: Yes. Well, that's if, great. if operates as any other private clinic would operate,
1: except obviously much more affordable prices, depending on your own ability to pay. Correct. Wow, um, that's and we
2: I mean, a lot of people have read about this uh, escalation of pet bills. Is vets is just crazy the pricing of it. So. Well,
1: that's one of the many things I think that keeps a lot of people from adopting. Right there's the adoption fee, which of course a grant can help subsidize. But then there's okay, but what's out there? Mm-hmm. You know, if they get sick or something happens, or right. Uh, so. And that's
2: th- certainly. I mean, you're actually pointing right to a place that I would want. I want to go to next which is if you adapt, let's go towards, when I say public-facing, I mean anyone from the public can walk into it. We also have a shelter medical um, facility, which is a separate facility. Those are for the shelter-owned cats. So when a cat is relinquished, relinquished to a shelter, it is we actually own the cat. And that vet team and in that offices, they care for that cat. Um, there is a little bit of crossover, but for now, let's just keep it completely. It's really completely separate.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, the, it's funded separately, too. So the, um, the next piece is... So when we bring in a senior cat, it'll go through our shelter medical to, to be evaluated. We do all the diagnostics. Now, any cat that's eight years or older, we do more diagnostics than we would with, say, a one-year-old cat that came into the shelter. Um, an, an aging cat, typical problems would be kidney or thyroid. Many of those problems are controlled by diet, However, you're going to want to know that. So if you adopt a senior cat from us, we're going to tell you what's going on with that cat. We want you to know that. Um, so... Sorry. Oh, no That's worries. That's a phone I don't
1: even recognize. I don't even know what that was. I apologize for that.
2: No problem. So, uh, so it costs us a little bit more to bring in uh, a senior cat. It costs the shelter a little more. Um, it also, so that's an area that I need to look at for funding is if we're going to bring in more senior cats, it's going to cost us more. So we need we need to raise more money to help bring those senior cats through our medical, um, our shelter medical. Additionally, which you're pointing right to is um, affordable vet care. And that's a second place that I'd like to look at as this program starts to get going. We're only one month in, but I'd like to look at potentially raising some money so that people who adopt through our Seniors to Seniors program are able to bring their cat back to our vet clinic um, and with some help for that care.
1: Oh, so you're saying if someone adopts a senior cat under the Pest for the Elderly grant, uh, you're looking for ways that they could then, if need be, get vet care for that, for that cat that they could more readily afford.
2: It's a seedling of a thought. It's something that, just the way you just discussed it, that yeah. um, when you adopt an animal, you're looking forward to what potential bills will you have with the animal. It's not just the adoption fee. Sure. Which, the uh, subsidizing adoption fees fabulous. But what else? So, um, and it, I'm just at that thought. Yeah. So, I haven't gone out there to try to raise the money. No, but that's a good, good place money. to be
1: because that's, you know, when you get there, you'll get there, and that'll be fantastic. So, uh, um. So let's, let's right now mention that the uh, Cat Depot website is catdepot.org. So if you want to go and find out more about what we're talking about, but also if you want to say, hey, I'd like to kind of help uh, support their efforts and support some of the vet bills or other things that, that we've talked about and that we may talk about more before our time is up here today, that's catdepot.org. So what is your uh, – so we've talked about – you always like cats, and then you had to kind of forego them when you had a, uh, a kid that had an allergy. So you have a dog, and then you, f- you foster cats. Mm-hmm. But what's your, what is your, like, shelter and other related background? Or what you said you've been at Cat Depot about six months. So where were you prior to that?
2: I actually had a small business in northern Vermont. I had a spa and an inn
1: mm.
2: prior to I've had a number of small businesses. I've run a number of small businesses I also have worked at consulting firms and consulted into um, large corporations such as Bell Canada and Chemical Bank. Um, and okay, this is going to date me—the breakup of Macy's in New York. Wow! Um, yeah, so that was a while ago, early yeah. '90s. Um, I have an MBA from Wharton. I also have an MA in Communications from Syracuse. So I really do come from the business side of the of the background. Um, where I marry that with animal welfare is I come up from a hist—I have a history of a lot of volunteerism, compassion, and compassionate causes. I've worked in hospices. I've worked on planning committees on yeah. towns.
1: So. No, that's really great because, again, I think shelters and similar operations, um, rescues—it's—it's uh, it's tough and it's tough. These days, any any days it's tough, but these days I think it's hard to, like, generate donations sometimes. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of nonprofits, including this one here, WNF, you know, sometimes has been up against some challenges of one kind or another. So I think to have a business background is great just because, you know, know, whether those storms or figure out, like, look a few steps ahead as you just were about what's maybe next in terms of the care that you might offer at Cat Depot – Uh, but not saying, hey, can we uh, pay for it or how how are we going to pay for it rather than just saying, this is a great idea, let's do it. And then it's like, okay, now we're in bigger trouble financially than we were six months ago, which, you know, it's noble, those kinds of efforts, but you see that a lot of times with shelters and rescues and um, and sometimes they're just overwhelmed by the sheer numbers and they're just doing the best they can, um, you know, to keep the lights on.
2: Sure, well, you know, the numbers... Of animals that need, I'm gonna say, quote unquote, rescuing, it, it's enormous. I mean, it's overwhelming. Um, so, to, to do our bit and our part, um, I think one thing that I, I notice, and it's amazing at Cat Depot, is the staff is so gathered around the mission to help cats and to put a better cat in the world and to help the cat have a strong human connection.
1: That's great. All right, so we've got a couple more emails I want to try to get to. we got sure. a, a one phone call here. I'd like to get involved in the conversation. Hi, you're on Talking Animals with uh, Susan Hannes? Yeah, I'm Bob from uh,
3: Port Ritchie. Hi, Bob. I've got a couple, got a couple questions quick. Okay. Um, the first one, uh, we had an animal rescue place open up here in Port Ritchie over on Washington Street. And uh, they rescued, in parentheses, all the feral cats that were in our neighborhood. Guess what we have now? Rats. <sighs> We've never had rats before. They're, they're, they chew on, uh, my mechanic told me, they, they chew on the plastic PVC under your hood of your car. My wife's Mercedes had ate up all the, the plastic um, uh, tanks that are underneath the hood for the whatever. And it's uh, then they get into the wiring and they start eating the wiring, the coating on the wires because they like that. They like squirrels, and now we have that problem. So I'm saying, feral cats, more or less, if you don't feed them or put them in cages, when they're loose, they they fend for themselves. They do a pretty good job. Well, now there's I- dollars, rats everywhere here.
1: Okay, Bob, well that's um, you know that might lead us into at least a brief conversation of the. Uh, the program, one of the other programs that Cat Depot runs that we haven't really had a chance to talk about. But
3: feral cats are a nat- they're like a natural nature's way of keeping everything under check. And it's a, I, I don't understand why they're scooping these cats up and putting them in cages, and nobody, no one even wants them. They've been, I know some cats that have been in this place for a year.
1: So, Bob, and- the, the, they, they're, they're scooping them up, putting them in cages, but they're not returning them to the colony that they were taken from? No. Yes, that's
3: right. Exactly. That's why I'm calling. I'm wow. really perturbed that's, about this. I'm thinking, that, we don't need rats.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's super unorthodox. I mean, the rats is obviously a byproduct of that, but but yeah. if I follow what you're saying here, this, this seems very unusual, and I just wonder kind of what they're...
3: Okay, I got another question. Okay,
1: quickly, and then we're going to move along, Bob. Go ahead.
3: Do, do baby raccoons make good pets?
2: They're a wild animal. I mean, I don't they know much are. about wild exactly. animals, but I believe they're a wild animal.
1: I mean, I have yeah, seen they, people with with raccoons as pets uh, occasionally, but I think, you know, that that's unusual they're okay. circumstances. They're
3: little, but when they grow up, they get to be a little mischievous, and and I I heard that they carry rabies.
2: Uh, yeah. Well, an animal that doesn't have a rabies shot is always at risk of carrying rabies. Right. Okay. Okay.
1: Let's okay. Thanks right so now. much Thank for you. your call, Bob. Appreciate no it. No problem. Bye bye. Bye bye. So um,
2: I'd well, like to address that community. Of course. Cat, yeah. Please do. Yeah. Can, that, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, the the com- cats are one of the animals that are either domesticated and are companion pets, or they live in the wild, as our caller mentioned. Um, we a couple different thoughts. One is that typically with a community cat, they cannot be domesticated um, if it's an adult. Typically. Um, the cases where they're successful are community cats that have been let go and were living in a house before. Um, in, gen- in general, those are the only ones that can su- yeah. successfully domesticate. However, there are programs where the, um, in order to control the cat population, cats are trapped, they're spayed and neutered, vaccinated, and released back to the colonies that they came from. Um, that's We do do that. Um, there are other shelters that do it. On mass, um, the other thing we do have is if we have a cat in the shelter that cannot be domesticated enough to go into a home and is not going to bond with humans, we do have a community cat placement program where people who need some barn cats, we will place them in barns. Um, there are actually breweries who like to have cats like that too to chase mice and rats away. Yeah, um, and then and those are kind of in between cats. Where they're fed and they're watched and they're monitored and they're tracked, but they're not—they're not living; comp- they're not living in a home and they're not that domesticated.
1: Yeah, and with this, uh, one of our emailers it might be a question that sort of juxtaposes what we were talking about before and just most recently. And. Uh, they're WNF supporters, and they've had uh, indoor cats as pets for many years, and enjoy them. But what he mainly is saying is, I hope that the Cat Depot discourages people from letting their cats go outdoors. Is there a policy that you guys have about when people adopt a cat from Cat Depot, whether the cat should stay inside or or, or do you have a you know any kind of information about should or shouldn't go outside?
2: We do. Um, you sign a contract when you adopt an animal from us that you will keep the cat inside. Um, also, your cat will be spayed or neutered, <sighs> sterilized when they're adopted from Cat Depot. I got gotcha. you. Or before they're adopted.
1: Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, um, all right, we're sort of nearing the end of our time, I'm afraid, but it um, looks like you know, something that might tie into Okay, this one is re- referring to uh, Bob's comment about the uh, the rats and the chewing. It says, thanks for the show, Duncan and guests. You now, most of it is in the auto industry is made of soy and is no longer petrol-based. So, yes, non-native rats can destroy your car. wiring. we had that problem some years ago. So that's from Tina in Brooksville for some additional information on that. So, um, yeah, so... Uh, Anything else as we sort of near the end of our time here, uh, Susan, that we should be sure to talk about? Either one of the programs we haven't addressed specifically or just generally anything about Cat Depot that we didn't get to, you know, as fully explore as we might might have liked?
2: I I think that one area that I like to point out about Cat Depot is that we offer such an amazing medical um, process and that does differentiate us from other shelters um, we do offer all the shots um, as part of the adoption fee including sterilization if they haven't had been spayed or neutered um, additionally we have these amazing adoption counselors who spend a lot of time in the pods i don't think we mentioned the pods our pods are communal living um, you said
1: there were 10, ten, ten up ten to up day. to 10 to a pod
2: correct yeah and there's 10 pods yeah uh, i guess we did mention them and our counselors spend a lot of time getting to know the cats, and they understand the cat's personalities and are able, best able to match a cat with a potential adopter.
1: That's great, yeah. No, that's so, so important. And one of the things, too, before we go, um, again mention the website is catdepot.org, because another thing that people might want to consider doing if they're not already is volunteering there, right? There's opportunities. What, what kind of... What are the main opportunities people have as volunteers at Cat Depot?
2: We have roles as ambassadors, where they can essentially function as an adoption counselor, and those are the roles that are closest to the cats. We also really need volunteers to help us raise money, and we need volunteers with our food bank.
1: Great. Okay. Cool. Well, I think we have just about reached the end of our time here, Susan. I'm afraid to say it. I'd love to talk more about cats. I mean, who doesn't like talking about cats? I and mean, we, I think. Uh, I think I got most of the emails, not all of them. I'm sorry, there's was, there was a good number. And I'm glad we got Bob in on the phone as well. But again, this is Susan Hannes from Cat Depot. It's catdepot.org. And of course, they're also on social media. You can check them out. And um, and again, if you might want to spend, send a few bucks away, way, that would be great, Or and or uh, volunteer, help out. Um, that would be great too. And uh, Susan, thank you so much for joining us today. I should say, by the way, that Susan came over today and i, I don't uh, get my guests in person nearly as often as i would like and so i appreciate that you drove over and here we are face to face and um uh, i appreciate that it's been fun to sort of get to know you and have a have a actual real conversation which i don't often enough get to do on talking animals so thank you for doing that
2: You are welcome, and I really appreciate your having me here and being able to talk a little bit about Cat Depot and Pets for the Elderly and some of the other things that we're working on. Thank you.
1: Great, for sure. Cool. Okay, so in a moment I'll talk with Julie Dennis of RVR Horse Rescue, the Plant City Horse Rescue, holding a fundraiser this Saturday, July 15th called Painting with Minis. It involves... There are many horses posing while those attending the event get to paint pictures under the tutelage of an experienced artist. We'll hear more about that and then what else the evening holds when we speak with Julie Dennis in just a moment here on Talking Animals. Right now, though, we're going to step into the Comedy Corner with a cat-related piece fitting after our conversation with Susan about Cat Depot. This is Nate Bargazzi with a piece called Fat Cat in today's Comedy Corner on Talking Animals on WMNF.
0: my parents recently uh my parents have a real 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 fat cat it's real fat uh people people point it out you know they walk in they're like man that cat's fat and it feels rude you know like he doesn't speak english but we do so maybe don't say that and they're just you know they're like what are y'all feeding this cat you're like oh, whatever you feed a cat dude i don't, like normal cat food stuff we pour a bowl he eats it like if he eats eight birds outside he doesn't tell us you know, he's not like, oh, I ate out tonight. I'm good. Uh, and then they're like, well, y'all should do something. You're like, what do you think we're not doing? Do you think he has a gym membership and we don't drive him to the gym? He's a cat. That's his gym membership. He's, he's a cat.
1: That was Nate Bargatze in today's comedy corner with a piece called Fat Cat, taken from one of his Netflix specials. Right now, it's time to speak with Julie Dennis of RVR Horse Rescue about the special fundraising event the Plant City Horse Rescue is holding this Saturday, July 15th, called Painting with Minis. To fill us in, let's welcome Julie Dennis to Talking Animals on WMF. Good morning, Julie. Good
4: morning. Thank you so much for having us today.
1: Oh, thanks for joining us on Talking. Let's start by asking you to give me a bit of a an overview of RVR Horse Rescue, just mainly kind of its, I guess, its history and its mission.
4: Okay, RVR Horse Rescue. Um, we're located in Plant City, and the mission of the rescue is we take in and rehabilitate injured, neglected, and abused horses. So uh, our founder started this uh, quite a few years ago, even before she formed her nonprofit. Um, We've been located in Plant City now for three years, but we're 100% run on donation and volunteers.
1: Wow. That's great. And uh, it sounds like you're doing a lot of really important work, and it sounds like probably the way to keep doing that work is people, I'm guessing, donate. And then there's events like Painting with Minis that brings in X amount of dollars to help support the operation.
4: Yes, yes, yes. It's definitely... Um, our fundraisers that we do periodically throughout the year definitely um, some of the things that help us thrive throughout to be able to help as many horses that need us that we can
1: yeah so let's talk a little bit more about painting with minis which sounds really uh, cool from what i've heard about it so tell me uh kind of give me the the lowdown
4: perfect well on saturday the event's from 5 to 9 p.m and uh, those that buy tickets there's a couple options we have some that um, are going to want to come out and hang out and paint with the minis. And then we have some that are just going to kind of want to hang out, wander around. There'll be food that's included with um, both tickets, whether it's general admission or paint admission. Um, from 5 to 6, those coming in will be able to tour around the entire property and all the barns and meet all the horses. And then after that, the horses will go back out. And then our minis will come over into our main pole barn where we host um, host events. And they'll be able to kind of mingle with our minis that will be wandering around in there those painting will be able to go over with the artists and paint like i said there'll be drinks and music and just some fun raffles and and different things like that going on and available
1: that's great. Now, how many uh, how many minis do you have have on hand there at RVR?
4: There will be there will be two miniature horses and two miniature donkeys wandering around inside the pole barn. So oh my god! Yes, well,
1: yes, I think yes. I think you might have undersold the mini donkey part of the programming. <laughs> Jeez! We so
4: will definitely have a lot of time with the minis. <laughs>
1: that's great. Now, so some of us who are suckers for donkeys, if they found out there was going to be a mini donkey there, it'd be like sign me up. So I like the idea that that some people who may or may not be artistically inclined or just may not have that great of a time doing the painting thing uh, can opt not to do that but still enjoy the evening and still enjoy the the two sets of minis.
4: Absolutely, absolutely. So that option is there um, for those that choose to paint and are still saying, I'm not a good artist, we have a wonderful artist that will be coming in. And she will be directing and teaching the class step-by-step step so they can they can paint their, their miniature donkey. Um, the one that we will be painting is Burrito. So she will give them um, some pointer tips, and then they'll be able to fix it up and do their little added touch-ons based on what they like.
1: So you can hang out with uh, sounds like too many horses and too many donkeys, one of which I guess is Burrito. But, but the actual painting sounds like it's focused on Burrito, if I follow you.
4: Yes, that is correct. So she will be teaching the class on painting um, the donkey burrito. And then at the end, she always lets people know you can do your own finishing touches as to whatever you'd like. Um, But she'll get you started on the the basis of doing that miniature donkey painting.
1: That sounds really great. So, Julie, let's, for people who uh, might have caught this partway through or might be driving around and not be able to jot down some details, let's go through. So, again, this is RVR Horse Rescue which is at 1710 West uh, State Road 60 in Plant City. And as you mentioned, it's from 5 to 9. It's, uh, again, on this Saturday, the 15th, and July 15th. And um, there's a couple different ticket prices that you can explore on their website, which is rvrhorserescue.org. Right? Do I have that right? Yes, rvrhorserescue.org. Right. right. And, and you can al- Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say you can also check out the Facebook page where there's information about the event. and um, so Absolutely. Can- or they can go
4: straight to eventbrite.com and put in RVR Horse Rescue Painting with Minis, and it'll take them directly to where they could purchase the tickets as well.
1: Great. Well, this sounds like it's going to be really fun and uh if I didn't have other plans, I'd race over there to, to try to paint or at least hang out with Burrito, which sounds really fun. So
4: <laughs> It's going to be a lot of fun, absolutely. Yeah, so. how
1: could it not be? If you got a mini donkey amongst other stuff plus food and other cool things and artists helping you, I mean, it sounds great. So yeah,
4: yeah. so
1: good luck with that, Julian. Thank you so much for Thank joining us on so Talking With Us. About... We
4: appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Okay, bye Bye-bye. bye-bye.
1: All right, coming up on WNF, it's another edition of Background Briefing. Coming up momentarily after that, we shift back to music programming with Jim Bannon holding forth from one to three, followed by Robin and Cassie from three to six. Then our terrific Wednesday night block of Latin music kicks in. Meanwhile, on this show at the moment is a prize for Name That Animal Tune. i offering something fabulous from the Talking Animals Vault. The first person who calls 813. Two three nine nine six six three. 9663 and correctly identifies this animal song. It's name that animal tune on Talking Animals. So you can name that animal too, and we'll take your guests off the air after we finish up the show because we have just about reached the end of today's edition of Talking Animals on WMNF Tampa. I invite you to join me next Wednesday when my guest will be Gene Bauer, co-founder and president of Farm Sanctuary, what might be considered the granddaddy of farmed animal sanctuaries, certainly an exemplar of such facilities. I invite you to join me for this conversation with Gene Bauer next Wednesday at 11 a.m. here on Talking Animals on WMF. I also invite you to uh, visit TalkingAnimals.net for audio archives of every show we've ever broadcast. Apple Podcasts are available there, too, as well as on other podcast platforms. There are also links to our social media pages and more. Please uh, also subscribe, if you'd like, to our newsletter to find out about our guests a couple of days beforehand and other news from the talking animals world I'm Duncan Strauss, thanks very much for listening have a good week, be kind to animals be kind to others, be kind to yourself this is Talking Animals on WNF Tampa, Brandon, Clearwater, Largo Weeki Wachee and Beyond again NPR News headlines momentarily and then another edition of Background Briefing and then the fabulous Jim Bannon takes over with another great music show from him so that's all happening here on WNF Tampa We'll see you next Wednesday, 11 a.m. on Talking Animals. Thanks.